Hello guys, welcome back to Daily Devo with Sarah. It's your host Sarah and I thank you guys for tuning in. Happy Sunday to you. Today's going to be a good day and you know, I always love Sunday just because of how quiet it is. Um, you know, I told you about my routine last week, taking a walk around the neighborhood, going to church, being blessed there, and then letting myself do whatever I need to do, what my heart or mind tells me that I need. Um, and yeah, I look forward to that. So I hope the same for you. So today we're starting a new section in the Devo. It's called the case for wisdom. The past couple of days, we've been exploring all bunch of different like topics based on the section of, um, how to grow in wisdom and now we're moving on to the case for wisdom as if to imply that there are some people who don't believe wisdom to be as important or like real and we need to defend it you know like we're on a trial or something so that's just like an interesting way to title this next section of devos that we have you know before us so let's get started so the verses we're going off of are from chapters 8 verses 4 to 5 to you O people i call out i raise my voice to all mankind you who are simple gain prudence you who are foolish set your hearts on it so we kind of saw this in our previous days devo as well but i don't know like as we keep on moving throughout the devos i feel like there is this sense of urgency and like call to action for people to care about wisdom and you know that implies basically that there are some people who simply do not want wisdom they could care less or they just don't prioritize it as they should so clearly the message from the bible is that wisdom is a good thing and not just like a good thing as opposed to it being a bad thing but something we should hold dear to our hearts and pursue it intentionally so i guess for those of us who are believers that is like a command to us almost like this is the kind of you know god is literally telling us what we should pursue right and you know there are things that god will tell us to not pursue or to stay away from and then there are going to be things where god directs us like hey focus your heart here fixate your attention and heart here and i guess wisdom is one of those things um he wants us to want it and that's like a weird concept that like somebody wants you to want something but yeah i guess that's where like god steps in and you know he humbles our heart to surrender the things that we shouldn't want you know and he gives us our desires so for everyone it says proverbs chapter 8 makes a grand case for the supreme importance of godly wisdom true wisdom cries out to all people as said in verse 4 including even the simple those who are extremely gullible and clueless as mentioned in verse 5 no one needs to remain a fool perhaps the greatest encouragement in this passage is easily missed wisdom is literally seeking us Proverbs 8 depicts wisdom as an actual person so that our own search, earnest as it has to be, is a response, not an uncertain quest. You guys, that answers our whole question from like yesterday and a couple days ago when we were trying to figure out together why in the world wisdom is suddenly personified. I mean, this still doesn't answer why it's gendered, but I love like we got like half the questions answered. So, yeah, like I guess we understand why wisdom is, you know, like presented to us readers as a person because this is a relational thing our relationship with wisdom wisdom isn't just some like fuzzy idea or a concept or a mentality it is like a person because it is so relational um 
and it seeks us first just like how jesus and god they sought out us first not the other way around same thing with wisdom and so i think that's encouraging to us you know when we are trying to obtain wisdom for ourselves by god's command or out of our genuine desire or both um I think we could take comfort in knowing that like this isn't yeah like it says some uncertain quest we're not going into like you know the gray areas of life and it may feel like that i think in certain seasons of your life when you're seeking wisdom in an area that is so unfamiliar and foreign to you but i think absolutely we can take comfort in that wisdom is also seeking us and the closer we are getting to each other i mean that's just a sign that like we are both pursuing each other who is that person? The New Testament reveals it to be Jesus himself. The power of God and the wisdom of God is indicated in 1 Corinthians 1.24. The Greek philosophers believed that the behind the universe, there was a cosmic principle, the logos, that only the educated and cultured could discover. But the Gospel of John reveals that the logos behind the universe is Jesus, a cosmic person who can be known and loved. In the end, the main way to become wise is to have a personal relationship with him to set our heart on him. And anyone can do that regardless of status or education. So we know that wisdom, like everything else that is good in this world, come from God, right? And so when we are seeking wisdom, we are seeking God. And of course, you know, I think we need to like indicate here um, as a disclaimer that like, you know, we are talking about pursuing wisdom in the context of pursuing wisdom with like a godly motivation, not just self-centered motivation. But, you know, with that aside, like when we are seeking wisdom, yeah, like we are seeking God because wisdom is something that God wants for us and he generally wants to pour out to us. So when we're running after that, like we're running toward God, essentially. Um, I didn't think about wisdom, pursuing wisdom in that sense, but I guess this Devo today kind of sheds light into that kind of a perspective. So that's really interesting because, you know, our relationship with God, um, I mean, let me step back. So Christianity, um, as religious and ritualistic as it may seem, to other people who don't know God, like it might seem like just another religion out of like several hundreds that exist out there. But then what is unique about Christianity is that it is as much as it has been institutionalized for centuries and centuries and centuries, that's not how it began. You know, like Christian Christianity is yes, a religion, but like that, it's not, that is not its origin, right? The origin of, um, I guess, quote unquote, Christianity is like in the beginning when god created us and there was no religious there was no social religious system but it was our relationship with god so it kind of takes this kind of passage like takes us back way at the beginning of time when there was no religious institution you know because i feel like what religious institutions uh do is bring a lot of sinful together to try to do something good but then end up making mistakes hurting people and like you know as we saw in history like killing people too at the same time um for the wrong reasons and yeah like i think this is just like a good reminder for us to see this faith journey of ours in a more personal intimate way the question is how can you make relationship your relationship with jesus christ less formal and more personal
I think honestly, this is only from my own perspective and you guys who have known Jesus for yourself in your own life may have different ways. But I think for me, at least in this season of my life, in order for me to make my relationship with Jesus less formal and more personal is to kind of change my mindset when I'm doing certain things in order to grow in my Christian discipline. So for example, when I am thinking about reading the Bible, rather than just seeing that as like a ritualistic practice, I could see that as a method of communication with God. And that is something I literally need to remind myself every single time I do it because the default is to see it as like something to cross off my list so that God will be pleased with me and that, you know, like I'm doing my duty as a Christian. And as much as that is true as well, that should not be like the primary um, like motivation for doing something like reading the Bible. And yeah, like it's hard. It's hard because sometimes even the way churches talk about reading the Bible is like they present it in a way that it is really ritualistic. But I know that, you know, even with that kind of motivation, it won't last for me. I need to always see reading the Bible as me hearing from God. And when I reflect and pray after reading the Bible, talking back to God, um, that is the only like sort of like perspective that will sustain my Bible reading. So, you know, if that's like a perspective you need to take on in regard to Bible reading, then I welcome you to, you know, kind of train your mind in this kind of way of thinking as well. And then also for me, like rethinking tithing, you know, we talked about tithing a few days ago. And because of the way that I grew up in the church and things I've heard about giving to the church, like it does also feel like a ritualistic practice, you know, something that I do just because that's what good Christians do on a Sunday, you know, you take whatever money you get, get your 10% and put it in the offering basket. And there you go, like wipe off your hands, like you've done what you needed to do. But then like the shift of mentality that will be beneficial for all of us and something that I'm also reminding myself of every time is like no like this isn't just like crossing off the list so that I can feel better about myself as a Christian and I feel like I'm more holy and I can I have better access to God it's nothing like that it's really just for me thanking it's an attitude of thanking God and you know a personal reminder to never like lose sight of God being the ultimate provider in my life and me taking that opportunity when I give to God, like, God, thank you for you, you know, providing everything for me and for me to have, you know, ways of means to provide for myself. And here's just, you know, a small token just as a symbolic act to let you know that like I am mindful of your provisions and your generosity today. And like when you just shift your mentality a little bit, just to think about everything you do in your quote unquote Christianity is relational and not ritualistic, then I mean, the the more you're likely going to, you know, like stay happy, not that that's the goal in any like faith practice, but you know, in order for you to sustain your relationship with God and want to pursue it even more. And I almost want to make the case that that kind of mentality is a wise kind of mentality because that is how this faith journey was meant to be anyway. Um, it's about seeing God in your relationship with him and not just, you know, like a ritualistic religious sort of a custom that you've adopted and now you have to, you have to do it you know like i think for every in every context god wants us to do it wants us the desire not the need right and 
perhaps that's our case for wisdom today. The case for wisdom is that when we pursue it, we um, pursue it because we want to and because that is what is actually going to get us closer and closer to Jesus. Okay, so the prayer for today is, Lord, I thank you for being a God of all people, for all people. Your wisdom is not just for the mystics and the philosophers. It is for anyone who can believe in Jesus Christ. And guys, that's all of us. God did not discriminate when he sent his son Jesus down to die on the cross for us. Like, I'm only going to die for the rich. I'm only going to die for the poor. I'm only going to die for white people. I'm only going to die for Asians. There was none of that, right? I'm, I'm going to die for only the quote-unquote good people or quote-unquote bad people. There was no discrimination. God said every single person, every person I made into a human, I give an opportunity to be saved. And so that means Jesus is for everyone. Wisdom is for everyone. I praise you because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. So when he says little children here, he's not talking about actual little children, but he's talking about little children in the sense of like our, the purity of our hearts, right? You know how children, they're more receptive and not necessarily in like a brainwash, like easy to control and manipulate sort of a way, but they have a pure heart and they know how to trust, they know how to surrender and they know how to believe. You know, they're not filled with like dark um, thoughts about the world, the cynicism, the stoicism, like none of that, which, you know, like a lot of adults develop through going through rough patches in life. But, you know, when we present ourselves as little children to God with, our pure heart to want to love, to want to trust, to want to depend, like God does not hide things from them. Like he gives it to them. He does hide wisdom from people like the wise and the learned, meaning like the people who just are seeking wisdom for like their own personal intellectual edification. Um, and I think that's good. God is selective about who he grants and you know, gives his wisdom to. So let us be, you know, motivated to have a heart like little children, right? Where like, you know, we're not helpless. You know, that's not what little children mean. Like I said, we're not seeking God. We're not seeking wisdom out of helplessness and hopelessness. We're seeking him just out of our desire for him. You know, let's have a pure heart as we're seeking wisdom in Jesus at the same time. All right, so that is it for today, and I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your Sunday, and we'll check in tomorrow as we continue this um, conversation on the case for wisdom. Bye.